what is unconditional love? That's where you find unconditional love in those moments. And that is such a pleasurable experience to just being that complete surrender of melting into the waters of what is alive fully. Like it's, it's offering your heart yeah. to creation and saying, use my heart as a portal to know what love is. Welcome to the Truth Alchemy podcast, hosted by me, Ella Sang, truth embodiment coach and a magical multidimensional being. This podcast is your portal into leading your truest and most beautiful life and brand, where you are all of you. Together, we play in the realms of purpose activation, unconditional self-love, truth embodiment, mindset, emotional intelligence, multidimensional online branding, kundalini yoga, spirituality, embodied leadership, manifestation, energetics, and so much more. This is an expansive space for coaches, healers, leaders, heart-led entrepreneurs, and spiritual seekers to remember who they really are, what they are capable of, and the life that they are here to live. So, open up that big, beautiful heart of yours to receive potent codes and transmissions that'll activate you into your next level. Let's play. Hello, hello, beautiful human beings, and welcome to the Truth Alchemy podcast. Ella here, Truth Embodiment Coach, and so excited to bring you another episode, and specifically, another juicy conversation. So today, I am really excited to share with you a conversation that I had with the beautiful guest, Silvana Isaza. Silvana is a feminine empowerment coach and plant medicine facilitator, and we co-created this beautiful conversation all about awakening your embodiment, your confidence, and your divine feminine power. So who is Silvana? Silvana is a feminine empowerment coach and plant medicine facilitator. She helps women reconnect with their innate wisdom, power, voice, and pleasure through shadow work, belief programming, and embodiment practices so that they can experience a deep connection with life attract their desires, and feel fully confident in their being and expression. Ah, literally everything that I am obsessed about. And so in this conversation, we talked about a whole range of topics from plant medicine ceremonies to the duality of feminine and masculine energy to what it means to actually become embodied from a place of safety, how to experience pleasure through all of our emotions, shadow work, and so much more. Silvana has this beautiful, feminine, activating, and nurturing essence to her energy, and I just received so much from this conversation, and I can't wait for you to tune in as well. So as you're listening, make sure you take a screenshot of this episode, tag me and Silvana on Instagram, and I'll drop our links in the show notes for you. And be sure to let us know what your favorite takeaways are, what you're feeling from this transmission, and how you are going to embody the learnings that you receive. And so with that said, I'll let you jump on in to this episode, soak up all the goodness, and I hope you enjoy. 
amazing so thank you so much silvana for coming on the truth alchemy podcast i'm so excited to chat with you so to start things off can you please tell us more about who you are and the medicine that you bring to the world Mm, yeah, thank you, Ella. First of all, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm also very excited to be here. And I am a feminine empowerment coach, and then I'm, I'm also a plant medicine facilitator. And the medicine that I bring is just reminding my sisters of who they are, their innate power that we have, because, you know, I think everything that has happened over the last thousands of years, the little game that we're playing on Earth and the dynamics, the way they shift, we forgot and and the energy of the feminine energy has kind of been put into a little box into all the divine feminine is this or that or it's just the nurturing aspect of woman when in reality the divine feminine is just everything that's manifested it's so much more broad so whenever we start reclaiming all of the parts of ourselves that are coming to the surface and take ownership of them, then we actually expand our containers and and we become even more powerful vessels of love, vessels of manifestation and attraction. So that's my life mission, life passion. That's what I love. And that's how I actually was able to, you know, heal in my life by remembering this. Beautiful. All the resonance. Yeah, I think, you know, to your point, the aspect of feminine, I think is very misunderstood. You know, we're like boxed in or like to be feminine. It means you got to do your nails. You got to look pretty. But it's like the world of the divine feminine is so much more than that. And even for me on my personal journey this past year, it's like rediscovering what it means to be feminine. And to your point, it's about understanding that's already within us. It's not about getting more, but it's simply about remembering who we are. So how exactly exactly did you get started on this path? Like, did you just wake up one day and the feminine called to you? Or how did you stumble upon feminine empowerment? It was actually through pain. You know, I just I got to a pain, a, a point in my life where all of the traumas from my childhood and my teenage years, they were kind of in the background, just suppressed. And I was just trying to go on without acknowledging those things. And, you know, it was I'll say there it's not that there was a moment, but there was also a moment where things just kind of, I got to a crossroad and it was multiple events, but I'll say that one of the most significant ones was one where I realized that I couldn't really find a solution outside of myself to feel better, to actually feel like a normal human being of what I thought a normal human being should feel like. And I made the choice and like, okay, I, I, I'm done. I'm, I want to end my life and I have the right to do it. I have like, it's my right to do this because I'm the one who has to endure this thing that I feel that I just don't, I don't really understand. And during a, along those times, I was kind of gambling a little bit with life, almost being a little bit careless, but then, you know, I call it like divine grace just showed up and I started introduce, being introduced to the right people. And um, in a random event that I went to one time, I met this guy and he turned out to be a shaman and we talked for like five hours that night. And after our five hour conversation, he just said to me, have you ever, have you ever heard of ayahuasca? Since you're Colombian and and I said no because in Colombia it's like you don't mess with the native medicines like the cultural so Catholic and it's so boxed in that we don't really we're not really that connected to our native roots which is so sad but 
after he said that, he's like, oh, never mind. And we kind of moved on. And a few days later, I kid you not, I find a Facebook ad <laughs> that said, Ayahuasca Church, sign up here. And I'm like, oh, that's the thing this guy said. And I signed up without doing any research, without like looking into it. It was just one of those, like I was in that state of being of just, ah, whatever. I'm, I'm, my soul is, is dying already. So let's see. And I went into an ayahuasca ceremony, just basically reading the, the diet description they give you. And I was like, oh, wow, this looks really intense. It looks kind of heavy, but let's see what this is about. And, and that was a turning point in my life um, because it opened, it was the beginning of this very long, intense, deep journey into shadow work, into getting to know myself, into reclaiming my right to exist, reclaiming that ultimate I, I am and I exist and I, I deserve to be here and take space. Yeah, gosh, there's so much power in that, especially reclaiming that I am. And I love that, you know, reaching that rock bottom where you don't have a choice. You're just like arms up, surrendering. I'm open to opportunities. And it's wild how universe, God source does that. It's like divine messengers, one thing, and then a Facebook ad. That's actually how I personally found Kundalini Yoga. It's like somebody mm -hmm. mentioned it, then saw a Facebook ad, then saw an Instagram profile, and it's like, you can't ignore it. Um, yeah. And I love that it was Ayahuasca that found you. So for the listeners who might not know exactly what Ayahuasca is, can you tell us a little bit about what that medicine is? Yeah, so ayahuasca is an Amazonian brew um, that has been held by the Native Americans for thousands of years. It's part of their sacrament. And this vine of the soul is meant to be a medicine that connects you to Mother Earth. I, I feel it the way I personally feel it is as if it is the spirit of Mother Earth herself. Because it's it feels so feminine, so loving. And loving doesn't necessarily mean light and fluffy. Loving means just all accepting, encompassing, holding. Um, and this medicine is, uh, is a psychedelic. So it is a combination of two plants. It is the chacruna plant and the ayahuasca vine. And whenever you take that brew, the ayahuasca vine is actually, it has MAOI inhibitors, which allow you to, allows your body to absorb the DMT. And then you have these um, you're able to have these psychedelic experiences that are showing you your internal state, that are connecting you to Mother Earth, to the universe, to spirit. And this is an opportunity of facing your deepest fears, facing all the parts of yourself that you don't want to see and acknowledge, facing your pain and being able to do, you know, 10 years worth of therapy in one night. So it's not easy, but it's deeply transformational. And it's like, I call it, you know, the, the only miracle on earth because it, it did that for me. It felt like a, a miracle that arrived into my life and just deepened my relationship to life and the universe itself. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I love that. So I personally have not tried ayahuasca, but I've definitely, you know, had profound psychedelic experiences. And to what you said, it's like this gateway. It's a portal to the cosmos, to divine, to source energy that the conscious mind cannot even understand but truly in those windows of time which i sure i'm sure you can relate to it's like time doesn't exist and everything gets collapsed in your healing so especially in that one particular ayahuasca ceremony what did you take away or what kind of huge breakthroughs did you get that set you on this 
new path on your journey? So before doing ayahuasca, I had never even like done cannabis. I mean, I, I did the, you know, the cultural drugs that we have in our society, alcohol. And I, whenever I was in one of my darkest period, like party drugs, but whenever it came to plant medicine, I never even explored with it because I was told, you know, that's like the devil's brew. Like you don't touch that stuff. <laughs> so going from, you know, going from like straight up matrix like life to this was really shocking to my psyche. So the first ceremony I had was so confusing because I just, the medicine took me to this incarnation where I wasn't even a human. I was uh, like, a, I looked like a Neanderthal, but in this lifetime where I was like in that evolutionary state, I remember seeing my reflection in the water and having a spark of awareness. Like that's me. I, I am that like that, like ex like excitement of recognizing myself, my reflection and trying to communicate with our words to some other creature that was there. And I was just like, whoa, what is this? Like, am I, what, I don't understand. And then from there, I got pulled into this universal world where these praying mantids were examining me and kind of just like giving me love. And I just felt so loved and held, but they were almost like communicating to me without words that they're observing an experiment of, on, on consciousness. How does consciousness grow? naturally and and i was part of it and so were all of all of us it was just like like the the universe the creator was trying to understand itself from so many different angles from the self and then from the outside and just it was just this like very broad very big concept and it didn't really go into my personal traumas but the purge the purge that i had was very physical because at that time my body was in a really unhealthy state like very very unhealthy so i did the physical purge and then that kind of freaked me out a little bit so for six months i i just i thought after that ceremony i'm never doing this again but then after six months she knocked on the door again and then my ceremonies got really, really personal, very intense, very long where it wasn't, I never had a dull ceremony. It was just lifetimes of healing, like feeling, healing of my ancestral lineage, my, you know, my ethnicity, my country, the human race, woman in general. So it'll go in and out into these personal me, me, me stories of what happened to Silvana and this more collective, um, collective issues and collective wounds that we had both as humans and as women. And just, it's like, it was like a, like a, um, a puzzle of different things that I couldn't understand what was going on until years later, looking back, I kind of can connect the dots and see the profound intelligence of this medicine. It's just beyond, it was beyond my understanding at the time and it's still beyond my understanding, the intelligence behind it absolutely yeah the intelligence and it really goes to show i think you know the limited the, the limitations of our human like our human is great but truly what goes beyond is is something that we don't have words for um and i totally resonate with that as well where it's almost like everything from before a journey during a journey after the journey it's all so divinely intricately planned you're like yes this because <laughs> sometimes i'm like in the middle of a journey and i was like i feel like 
like some force even guided me to be on this journey and then like you said Mm -hmm. it's just hard to explain unless you've been in that state where you're just like it all makes sense yes (laughs) I love that you said too you know that interconnectedness of everything because when we go into these journeys it's not just personal healing but you see how personal healing ties into you know the collective healing ties across timelines and I think that's also the benefit of this medicine is that it goes from past present and future the healing in one moment ripples across so exactly that so much yeah it's like you get the awareness that there is no other from our human perspective it's very clear that you're Ella and I'm Silvana and we have these separate lives and I will never get to really understand your life experience but in that space it's like oh but Ella's just me looking at life from her personal lens and I'm looking at it from here and what she heals is what I heal. It's almost as if you're doing the work for me and I'm doing the work for you. And together we're just like giving that unified consciousness, more awareness of what it is. We only understand what we are through the experience of accepting everything we receive, accepting our humanness. It's not about like getting out of the body and just being like, oh, I'm just spirit having a a human experience and my human is kind of in the way of my true self. It's seeing the sacredness of our humanness, of our vulnerability, of our limitation. The fact that we have these human brains that will never be able to truly comprehend that, that divine mystery and being able to surrender to that and accept it. That for me, that's the path of, of love into the divine feminine which she's able to be embodied and accept the the incarnated experience as the highest expression of creation and, and be here, be fully here instead of just trying to have a desire to get out, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's such that's such a pivotal understanding within spirituality. You know, I think a lot of us when we first started, we're like, oh, yeah, like astral travel out of the body. I'm so cool. I'm 5D. But then you're like, wait a minute, I'm actually spiritually bypassing. I'm not doing the shadow work. And truly, yeah, the magic happens when we understand that the true identity, the way that I understand it through Kundalini Yoga is the union between the infinite and the finite. And you per exactly. and you summed it up perfectly, right? It's that divinity embodied experience, and I think that's the magic of bringing in the element of the divine feminine. So I would love to, you know, get your understanding on, you know, words like divine feminine, shakti energy, feminine energy. Like, what does that mean to you? And how can someone who's at their beginning of their journey, they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, like who's shakti, who's kundalini, who's divine feminine? What is all of this? Like, how do you break it down and explain it to someone who's new? So in, in order for us to understand the feminine, we have to talk about the masculine because that's mm-hmm. that's the duality. This is a reality of duality where we have masculine and feminine polarities. And the truth of, of our essence, of our soul is the oneness, that divine marriage between our masculine and our feminine. Now, I, I am a woman and I identify as a woman and I identify as a feminine woman, but I also have a masculine polarity to myself. And the masculine is is the container and then the feminine is what fills that container so we have you know yin and yang yin is the feminine the dark womb yang is that solar energy of projection and whenever we're talking about love and light love is the feminine aspect of creation of divinity Mm -hmm. and light is the masculine aspect 
So love is just being what it is. And light, the masculine, is telling love what it is, is giving the wisdom of this is, you know, you are light, you are joy. Like the identification and the understanding of that is masculine wisdom. And when it comes to our emotional nature, the container, the presence that observes our feminine is that masculine energy. So the, the feminine energy of Chakti is everything that is manifested. And the masculine is what is observing this manifestation. Mm -hmm. So in this moment, as I'm speaking, this is Shakti flowing. And the part of me that's aware of myself speaking and looking at you and, and interacting with this interaction and also kind of like zooming out into questioning, well, who is the one really speaking? That presence, that's the divine masculine. And for us to spiritually understand it, to understand divine masculine energy, um, we go into meditation of the I am, just that full presence. Non-duality teachers, they, they're great at getting you to go to a place within yourself and to understand the feminine is being in the body, feeling it all, feeling your emotions, feeling pleasure and pain fully without saying, I shouldn't feel this, this is wrong, or things should be differently. It's just surrendering and opening up, receiving life and receiving ourselves as we are. So that's that's the difference between the divine feminine and divine masculine for from my experience and my journey and also my healing with with plant medicine as well. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So beautifully articulated. I like am feeling like all the heart feels as you said <laughs> that. And I think the way that you said it too, right off the bat, it's a marriage between the two. I think there's also that misconception as people begin to understand masculine and feminine. It's like, well, which one's the good one and which one's the bad one? It's like, it's yes. not that. Like, they actually both need to work together within us. It's not about just being feminine or just being masculine and disowning an aspect of ourselves, but it's about uniting the two. And the way that I feel it too, it's kind of like this divine dance that happens. Yes, exactly. Beautiful say, yeah. Yeah, so that's amazing. And so you know what has been your journey then specifically with activating your shakti energy you mentioned you know getting into the body so how like what role does embodiment play in the activation of your shakti energy yeah so i think the first step is shadow work because mm -hmm. what happens is whenever we experience trauma our bodies are no longer a safe place for us to be so there is there's that disassociation that happens with the body and you can it's very difficult to realize to become aware that you are actually disembodied when you are disembodied because you're that's all you know but if you are if you feel kind of in that spacey reality where it's kind of like a detachment and your body's just this thing that that houses your mind that is probably a sign that there is a little bit of this association so whenever we go into shadow work and we go look at our traumas and and go into the back closets of our psyche to feel the things that we didn't allow ourselves to feel to feel helplessness to feel shame to feel guilt to feel that deep pain of separation feel the unworthiness feel all of these things that whenever as children we felt and we and our nervous system say like oh no 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 don't feel this just adapt and be safe safety safety 
And these emotions that are negative are indicating danger. So we don't really want to feel them. We just want to feel joy and happiness and safety and protection. So we do everything we can to create safety and protection and joy. And whenever we go into a healing journey and we go and find those unacknowledged aspects and those unfelt parts of ourselves, and then feel them through our heart without trying to change it, but just feel it and surrender to that pain, we start kind of like clearing, clearing the energetic body. And with clearing the energetic body and clearing our actual physical bodies, then we can start rehousing our vessel, getting in the body. What does yes feel like in your body? What does no feel like? And I, I, you know, I coach women and it is amazing the amount of women that whenever I ask them, how does sexually a hell yes feel like in your body? And how does a hell no feel like, or just a no? It's like, huh, you know, it's almost like a, a foreign question because we're so, we're so disembodied, like just collectively as a species, both men and women. And in my work with women, especially women that want to expand into this divine feminine polarity, getting to feel the womb, the heart, our breasts, the sensations in our body, pleasure in our body, not pleasure that we get from just being intimate with, with a man or, or with a woman, but a pleasure that we get from, from feeling, from touching our skin, from, you know, it's staying in touch with our wounds when we have our period, those little practices begin bringing more and more awareness into the body to the point where our bodies tells us. It's like our bodies are picking up information around us. And then that's where that deeply feminine intuition comes from. Feminine intuition comes from a deep connection into the body that is allowing Shakti just to flow through this vessel so we can start identifying her and connecting with her yeah absolutely yeah i think societally i mean who came up with this idea or how it happened we might not really know but there was definitely something you know designed to steer us away from the body to mm -hmm. get us to shame our bodies always look yes. at our bodies and be like this is not enough to not trust the body the over prioritization of the mind the intellect you know, this is actually really interesting too on my personal journey, just realizing how much I wanted to prove myself, always thinking the energy always up here and feeling like yeah. if I was down here, if I was feeling, then that's a waste of time. I'm not being productive. I shouldn't feel sad, like stop crying, get over it. Like there was just so much shaming around that. So yeah, too, even for me in the past year, it's been so much about sitting there and just mm -hmm. being and just feeling no matter how difficult it is you know purging over the toilet bowl crying i'm like i don't even know what i'm crying about but it's just years <laughs> letting of it out lodged. yeah letting it out and yeah it, it's such a liberating experience so what would you say for someone who's listening to this right now their soul is feeling that inkling i want to do some shadow work i want to sit with my emotions i want to start connecting with my body but there's also this deep fear around mm -hmm. it it's almost like what's gonna come up if i start sitting with myself i know for a long time that's what i was faced with and even for clients that's what tends to come up is like i'm afraid of being alone yeah. of starting to tune in and starting to feel what would be your guidance for that like how can someone who's been completely disembodied up here now they're feeling that call to get in their body what's the first step to establish that safety to start feeling their emotions and how can they approach this 
from a place of deep self-love? So something very important to understand when we're talking about healing is that healing can only happen when there is safety. If we're not feeling safe, we can't really go there. Mm -hmm. So creating safety in our lives, both internally and externally, is the first step. And, you know, we are we're so we forgot our tribal way of living. We forgot that, like, we are not an island. We are here like together coexisting. Like we shared this mother earth and we're brothers and sisters. But like you said, it's true. It's like now we got this embodied and it almost feels like it was orchestrated that way to kind of keep us in these little boxes of just seeing our worth in doing because that's very convenient for someone that wants to benefit from just production instead of, you know, the, the real exploration of life. So we're not alone and whenever we have had trauma, it's very hard to reach out for help because that in the past might have been the thing that actually created the trauma or we've developed these hyper-independent personalities that I can do anything on my own, I got this. But if we, if we have that fear of like, oh, what's going to come up, then find someone to help you, you know, find a therapist, find a healer, find a coach, find someone that is going to hold that safe space for you. And the way to choose a therapist, a coach or a healer is by letting your body like getting getting clear and like, does this feel tight? This person feels tight or does this felt person help let me lets me feel warm and expansive? And a good way to start attuning to that is let's say that you know that you like something. For example, I love cacao. So I will I will grab my cacao and then I look at it and then I'm like, what does it feel? What does my body feel like whenever I'm looking at this cacao and I'm about to drink it? And then I notice my mouth watering and then my heart already begins opening up a little bit because for me, cacao is such a heart opening experience. So in that, I, I start making the association, huh? That yes to the cacao feels like in my body, like my mouth watering and my heart expanding. And then I look at something that it feels like a hell no to me. And, and then I'm like, well, this feels like, like I know that's a no already. Like I already have that established in my life. Whenever I say no, what does that feel like in my body? Yeah. With tiny little things, because the, we need to start attuning to the small, to the details, so we can start attuning to the bigger ones. And making connections of what does this thing that I think or feel feels like in my body, it's a really good step to start establishing that connection again, baby steps, and then choosing a practitioner so you can actually expose that vulnerability, that pain, that part of you that never feels safe expressing. Whenever we bring it out, we release the shame from it, and then it's no longer this like dark thing ruling our lives in the background. It just becomes something else to love. And whenever you disclose something and you are held with presence, with loving presence, healing happens. We know how to heal. This is natural to us. So creating safety and then beginning connecting with the body. And then for somebody who's already like, okay, no, I feel like I know what yeses and nos feel like in my body. Reconnecting with pleasure is one of the most important things for us. It's, it's like, what does, what does deliciousness feel like in my body? How does it feel whenever I like touch my legs, touch my arms? Can I, can I place my hands on my breast? It's like getting back into that sensual connection with the body and seeing that as sacred. And if we go through that and then shame arises, then feeling the shame, just like, oof, 
there it is. Oh, I feel like this is wrong. Like just letting yourself have that experience without saying, oh no, I am feeling shame, so I'm going to stop, or I shouldn't feel shame. Knowing that our bodies have so much crap trapped inside of them, like holding on things that haven't been felt that, and creating that possibility, then when we connect with our bodies, we're also going to find new emotions and things that we haven't really processed and seeing it as this beautiful gift that the body's giving us, like a computer storing information, ready for us to go and tap in, into it and clear it at any time that we're ready. Yeah, oh gosh, so many juicy points there. I love that aspect about, first of all, reconnecting to our personal yes and no. It sounds so simple. You know, I think a lot of these practices, especially embodiment based practices, it's like, oh, that's so simple. Is that really going to help? But it's like the magic is in the simplicity. It's in bringing awareness to the simple things like what does a hell yes feel like? What does a hell no feel like? The small things that we just take for given, but there's actually so much information there Mm -hmm. for us. Um, And the point that you mentioned just there about pleasure as well, what came to my mind is like, even if shame were to arise, it's asking ourselves the question, how can we make the experience of shame a pleasurable experience, which is how can we bring in that self-compassion, that lightness instead of like, oh no, like, why did you feel that way? You shouldn't feel that. It's like, oh, I see. I see what's happening here. It's almost like bringing that flirtatious lightness that we've all forgotten exactly that is so beautiful i love that you said that because you could argue like how is it possible to feel pleasure in shame but when we have full surrenders full body energetic surrenders to these heavier emotions and we feel them all we can't help but to feel Mm -hmm. compassion for ourselves we can help to feel that softness that tenderness of the heart and that is pleasurable that full surrender into pain is pleasurable and the only way of really getting there is by exploring it because you know it's like at first when i started when i started experiencing this it was just this the most painful thing that i was just screaming i'm in pain like i can't i can't bear this It's, it's just too much and then you get to a point where that like resistance of like no uh, uh, fight like i don't want to feel this why why you kind of get tired for me came always in the way of exhaustion it's like oh and and then i i kind of got too fatigued to even say i don't want to feel this and just when you feel just the shame and then you feel like you're sinking into the earth and it's like it's like a vacuum in the heart and you're just in that vortex sucking in of almost like annihilation then the heart cracks open and it's it's a spiritual experience to sit with these heavy parts of ourselves like that it's like it makes you it gives you clarity of, of what the divine mother is what is this what is unconditional love that's where you find unconditional love in those moments and that is such a pleasurable experience to just being that complete surrender of melting into the waters of what is alive fully. Like it's it's offering your heart to creation and saying, use my heart as a portal to know what love is. Because love is to be able to be in shame and just fully receive it and feel that compassion. That's, That's divine love for me. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, keeping that open heart, it's one of the hardest things for us to do because we've been conditioned that it's not safe. We've been 
I would say, disconnected to our power by being told you can't handle that. You can't handle the pain. So instead of feeling it, instead of opening your heart through it, it's like shut it down. Don't feel it. Avoid this. Avoid that. But truly, in my journey as well, it was really opening my heart through the pain, feeling one layer, two layer, three layer, yeah. three layer, and going like, wait, I can go all the way down here, and I'm still okay, and exactly. I'm still alive, and I'm feeling the bliss and the magic and the love behind all of it.、Um, mm. The other aspect too that I think you illuminated so well is that. Emotions are neutral.、Mm-hmm. As hard as it can be for us to understand, especially in the moment, if we can just play with the idea that any emotional experience doesn't mean anything about me, but it's just an emotional experience, that's where the alchemy gets to happen. So thank you for sharing、yeah. that. I'm just so inspired to go like feel my feels some more after this. <laughs> Hopefully, our <laughs> listeners too. <laughs> Yes, and the thing is, like suffering is just the resistance to that emotion.、Mm-hmm. We suffer whenever we 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 have a judgment against that as saying, "This is bad." Instead of taking it with, "Well, what does this feeling that my mind says feel horrible really feel like in my heart and in my body?" And it's extremely difficult to do because the mind is potent and powerful and so good at what it does, and it just wants to keep us safe. And whenever it perceives something that's negative, dangerous, heavy, it's like, oh no, 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 we don't want to go there. That's the beauty of psychedelics: is that it kind of it knocks over that mind, where it's like the mind goes like, whoa, what is this? And then you have no choice than to just feel it all. And even in those spaces, the resistance, like the ceremonies that have screamed the most, that I had just been like the most, like ah, you know, kind of like crying and screaming, has just been the ceremonies that. My mind has been like, no, no, no. We are not going to feel this, and so much fight until you just, just break. You just break, and even outside of ceremony, you know, like、yeah. heartbreaks are such a good catalyst for us. And and I I remember an experience where I went through、um, a heartbreak, and I just I said, well, this is the moment in which I practice what I preach. This is the moment where everything I'm learning ceremony, I'm going to put it here in my three-dimensional, fully sober life, and I just decided to cry, taking it as a meditation. And the man would be like, "Oh, this is painful." I'm like, "Oh, I see you. I know you're trying to judge it, but just just feel it." And in that practice of like pushing it away, I found myself crying for hours, like、mm. hours, like five hours, like. Taking, you know, crying for twenty minutes and then stopping for like ten minutes and then crying again, just like waves of things that were coming up. And there came a point where I felt like I broke my brain. It literally felt like that. Like that's the judgment I made against that. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, I broke myself because I started laughing hysterically, and then just like overwhelmed with this like jittery joy that I used to feel when I was little. That like, <gasps> you know, that excitement. And I was like, what just happened? And and I and that was like the first time that I I. Broke through pain with the heart, with an open heart. And after that, I'm like, this is where it's at. I don't know what it is, but this gave me a depth that nothing else has really given me. It's like an understanding of of pain that it's it's only to be experienced. And even if I try to explain what that experience was, it's like I will run out of words and I'll contradict myself and make no sense. It's just. Something to be experienced that is transformational and that's very enlightening. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it can be felt through your embodiment. And I think that's also where embodiment plays a role. Concepts like these, you know, we can talk about it for hours. Someone can read a book on it. They can watch hours of training and videos. Yeah. But until they're willing to actually put themselves there, especially where the moment calls for, the pain is there, are you going to sit with it? Or are mm. you going to just run away from it? Like that is the defining moment. And I think it's so beautiful because the way that you went through your experience, the way that you embody your power and the way that you articulate now is going to differ from someone who goes through their pain. And it's so beautiful exactly. because we then each get to be this catalyst for other people to go through that journey for themselves, but through our unique experience. It's not a one size, this is how you feel your feelings, a five-step process to mm -hmm. healing through feeling. It's like just this beautiful, delicious, unique experience per person where we each get to be a calibration portal of healing for each other. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. That's the feminine mystery. I think with yeah. the masculine paths of, of enlightenment, there is a process because the masculine is that discipline, order, containment. So it's like this rigidity in our practice. We do this daily and it's like, and it's so beautiful because it, it, it makes it happen. But then with feminine mysteries, the way that the most profound wisdom is transmitted for women is through story because in this story i am going to pull something emotionally in you that is going to lead you to an inner exploration and is going to be unique to you and then when you go through that emotional exploration and then you share that own story it does the same for other women and and we're just kind of like giving each other encoded messages it's not like, oh, the feeling, this is how you do it, A, B, C, which is so hard in this work, right? Because, you know, I come and, and then I, I'll have clients that are like, okay, I hear you, but like, give me like step one, two, and three. So that's where, you know, you offer masculine wisdom of containment, guidance, and steps. But that essence is, it's a mystery. And, and I bet you that like, you know, we, we tend to think like, oh, this person is wiser than this person. And it's all BS because if you're really listening, if you're receptive, if you're in that state of, okay, I, I want to see the wisdom of life, you can learn from the most insignificant thing. You can learn from a spiritual text and you can learn from Netflix and you can have profound experiences receiving life. So it's everywhere and it's to be interpreted through our heart yeah oh gosh i love that so 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 much like the way that you said it i was just like wow she just put the words to what i've been experiencing and i didn't know how to articulate it but so true the power of story the power of healing through evoked emotions that's not something that we can plan for right mm -hmm. we cannot plan the step by step even when you're telling a story you're not sure which aspect is going to pull the strings within someone. That's where that divine magic happens. It's not up to us to control, yeah. but it's up to us to show up in our truth and be like, this is my experience. This is what I learned. This is my wisdom. And, you know, bringing intentionality into every moment, even the seemingly small moments, I will never forget. I was in this sauna a couple of months ago with my best friend, we we're at the spa. And there I was like feeling all the heat and she was there sweating beads next to me like, oh my gosh, can we get out? And it was just like a mundane moment of like being with my bestie in the sauna. But then I started really getting present and feeling, I was like, wow, this is such a great metaphor for life. You know, when you're really put in the heat of something, 
you're dripping sweat, your heart is beating, you're like, can I really make it? Can I really stay here another five minutes? And that resilience, that awareness that gets present in the moment that you're like, you know what, I can push through this. And then you do. And it was like such a simple moment that then I was like, let me go make an Instagram post about it. Let me go do a live video about it. And people were like, heck yes. Like, I'm like, you know, when you put through the heat of life, stay in there because that's exactly what you need to go through to become a delicious cake at the end. It's just like creating the metaphor in the story. And I think Mm -hmm. this is the missing piece of transmission and teaching, even within the coaching industry or self-development industry. It's been so much about boom, 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 step one, step two, step three, not to make it wrong. But I would say it's not to devalue the power of story and personal experience because truly on my journey that's where I healed the most exactly and it's like whenever we look at the most transformational books that women will say transform their lives they're all stories Mm. when we go through a story and we get that emotional connection with it we learn our own inner wisdom that's why you know nothing that we're saying in the in the self-development industry or in the spiritual in spirituality is new mm-hmm. like nothing is new and at the same time everything is new because truth is truth wisdom is wisdom all we're doing is like giving more angles and the you you have a unique angle because you have a unique life experience and whenever we can talk about what is life what is creation what is love what is God? What is the universe? From your unique angle, it's giving more information to that to that collective consciousness. Is get is helping us understand the infinite because yeah. the universe and God is the infinite. You know, is it's we're never gonna have enough lifetimes to really comprehend it. That's why we're never gonna run out of material, run out of stories and explorations. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. It's an ever ever evolving interaction and connection that I'm, you know, that I encourage everyone, like get into your heart and show, like, show me yourself, show me who you are, share with the world, your uniqueness, because even if you think it's something simple or something that has already been said, it's full of wisdom, especially for the ears that want to hear, that are ready to listen to wisdom. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, it's accessing truly the infinite possibilities, the infinite wisdom that gets to come through because information seems finite. And it is when you're thinking about just regurgitating the same facts and information. But the moment that we really prioritize our personal experience, our embodied wisdom, truly, like you said, that's why when people stress out, like, how can I have enough content to do a 30-day live stream challenge? Or how can I have enough content? I'm like, but you literally have an infinite source of content if you tap into that embodied wisdom. And so what you just said there too about, you know, we needing more people to step into their power, to share their stories, to really see that their experience and their wisdom matters. I know that over and over again in my work, in my community, what I hear is that, yeah, but I'm not confident yeah but like i feel like that person's more confident than i am i'm not confident enough to do that and i feel like the word confidence is a really big one that often stands in the way between someone stepping into their power to share what's on their heart to share their story so i would love to know from your perspective what does it actually mean to be confident right Mm -hmm. and how can someone who might be currently feeling 
yes, I know I have these things to say, but like, I don't feel confident enough. How can they overcome that story and really start sharing their truth? So in short, for me, confidence is owning your experience and owning your expression. Mm-hmm. That's it. Is my expression, you know, like I, I consider myself to be confident. Why? Because I'm just in my vulnerability being like, well, this is what I want to share. And if I make a mistake in my share, or if I say something that I'm like, ooh, cringe, I own that too. I'm like, oh, and then I feel the cringe or I feel the shame and then it's done. It's, it's, it's just allowing ourselves to be seen as, as we are. And if you own yourself as you are, if you take full responsibility of, well, Silvana has all of these sides that I'm discovering every single day and she's going to surprise me and she's going to surprise others. And I just sit with it and I commit to those parts of me that are constantly expressing that I got them, that I'm going to feel them all and I'm going to feel the reactions I have to how I'm perceived in the world. Mm-hmm. That builds that confidence from the body because it doesn't matter what you get reflected back at you. It, everything is an opportunity for more self-awareness for like, oh, if this hurt me, why does it hurt? What part of me believes this to be true? Or what part of me am I rejecting that caused this comment to hurt? So when we take ownership of it and we, and we receive everything in life as more opportunity for getting to know ourselves, that builds confidence and confidence and authenticity are go hand in hand and authenticity doesn't mean that you're a lovely nice human authenticity means that you own it you own what you are and if you still have like parts that are not really accepted in society but you like shit like this this part of me is here and you just own it that's authenticity doesn't mean that it's like but you take ownership of it and then you are telling a part of creation you are allowed to exist and you are perfect as you are and you do that with yourself boom i swear everyone's gonna go okay i'm ready i'm ready to go share my message after that <laughs> yes that's so much yeah you know I love the way that you said every moment is truly an opportunity. Every moment is an opportunity for self-awareness, for healing. And also, I always say, you know, the most important relationship we will ever have, I believe, in our lives is the moment to moment relationship with ourselves. And what I mean by that is like in every little instant, we get to be aware of who we are to ourselves and how can we love ourselves more. So yeah, like I totally agree with you. Like I've done live streams and things where I'm like, ooh, I can't believe I said that. Oh, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) Yeah. In that moment, how willing are you to love yourself and to have Mm -hmm. your own back no matter what, right? You can point fingers at yourself and judge yourself. That wasn't good enough. You should have said this. You shouldn't have said that. Or you can use it as an opportunity to love yourself more, which is Mm. what's going to add to this most important relationship that you'll ever have. Exactly. And something that's very good for me also is to remember we are all children. And yes, I'm talking about the 90 year old people out there. Mm -hmm. Whenever you zoom out into the vastness of the universe and then we look at Earth and we look at the the things that we deal here with, the things that we're still healing from and learning from, like we are all children in the same grade, fighting each other, pulling each other's hairs, making (laughs) friends. Like that's what we are and, and, and we're in this exploration and if anybody that takes themselves too seriously, it's almost like setting themselves up for suffering because 
if you if you are too rigid with everything you are then it's like putting too much pressure on the most vulnerable parts of yourself that just want to explore and if we stay in touch with that childlike curiosity with that connected to our inner child and and we just see what's there what else is there it's like being the loving mother and father for ourselves and having compassion for everything that comes out instead of being the ruler, the judge with a ruler ready to beat us if we make one mistake. Can we make our mistake and then gently correct and gently explore why the mistake was made? Or are we going to just keep beating ourselves out because that, that hasn't worked out? Yeah, exactly. Are we still going to keep on perpetuating the same systems that are obviously broken? Or are we going to say, I'm going to change mm-hmm. the system within myself first? Yeah, so all that work around reparenting, and I love that you mentioned, like, truly, we are children. Like, if you zoom out, and you, I'm not sure if you've seen, there's this, like, picture called, I think it's, like, the pale blue dot. I think that's what it's called. Have you heard of that? Or it's basically this zoomed out image of, like, Earth. You'll see that when you look at Earth from the outside, it's like this tiny little speck right and here we are as humans on this planet thinking yeah like you said like oh we're like all fighting and doing this and that and like oh everything's so serious but when you zoom out it's like that little pale blue speck that's the planet earth and we're just little people on it so how can we bring more lightness into Mm -hmm. life it's so important how would you recommend someone who has perhaps struggled with connecting to their inner child connecting to that playfulness within perhaps someone who's listening to this right now is like i'm feeling called out i'm always so serious what's something that they can do or how can they shift their perspective to begin to bring in more of that playfulness and that lightness breaking the neural the neural pattern that we have i think Mm -hmm. it's an extremely helpful tool and what i mean by that is for example i I used to be super angry because I, you know, I grew up with a lot of anger around me. So for me, anger was the, that's how an adult is. So I'm like pissed off all the time, you know? And what I started doing is whenever I'll see myself in these moments, like, mm-hmm, yeah, no, in that anger, I'll make a comment out loud to myself being like, ooh, cranky little, Miss Little Cranky Pants. <laughs> and it started off as this like stupid thing that I'm like, why did I do that? God, you know, but what I what I started learning is that that was creating an interruption in the way that my brain was like connecting the dots of anger and bringing a little bit of humor, like giving myself the space to make fun of me a little bit more, you know, and, and maybe in the moment you can't do it in the moment you're in it. You're like, no, like I'm, I'm you know, I'm defending my point of view and it's just not going to happen. But um, it started with myself. And then now I get to a point when wherever I'm expressing anger or I got too rigid on something, I was like, did you see that little show I just did, you know, 10 minutes ago <laughs> to like my partner or to my friend? And then they're just like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then we can laugh about it. And then it removes the shame from our rigidity because it's all about finding compassion for all parts, even the parts that are punishing, even the ego in all of these parts. And just just seeing it with, with ah, there I, I was hurt in that moment. I was triggered. How cute was that? Not to dismiss my experience, but to also place and voice a very important truth, which is it wasn't, it's not who I am. It was just an aspect of me expressing and defending itself. And then now I can stand from the adult chair 
and be like, oh, that was cute. I just had a little temper tantrum because that's what it was. So lightness, humor, and calling yourself out on it. Yes, I totally resonate with that too. So much childhood anger that I brought into a lot of my past relationships. It was just like, er, ready to fight all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what you just expressed there, like in NLP terms, we call that a pattern interrupt, right? The mm-hmm. more you interrupt a pattern, the more it breaks that neural pathway to your point. And then it's like, okay, if we get to this trigger and we get interrupted there, what are actually the new possibilities? And it's actually exactly. mind blowing when we break that pattern and we have this moment of awareness. It's like, wow. I could actually choose so many different reactions and responses versus the habitual one. So I love that so much. So I know we are nearing the end of our time together. I'm just so grateful for this conversation. So I just have three questions to ask you to kind of sum things up here. So one question that I love to ask on this podcast, you know, the Truth Alchemy podcast is what does it mean for you? to fully and truly embody your truth? Mm. Fully embody my truth. Uh, I think for me, it just feels like showing and disclosing myself. Because the moment I try to hide something or I try to keep it just to me, that means that there is a little bit of shame. That doesn't mean that I don't have, you know, social filters and know how to behave in, you know, you read situations, but at least with the people that are closest in my life, I show, I express, I I let them see me. And if there is shame and if there is any sort of self-rejection, then I allow myself to feel it and to voice it. So authentically showing and expressing my experience to someone I trust, people I love, keeps me accountable in whether I'm being truthful to myself or I'm hiding from me. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it's the energy of just revealing. I always say it is what it is. Here you go. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that's what we got here. And I take ownership of it. Beautiful. And what words of wisdom would you give to your younger self if you could cut a peek back to a timeline a couple years back or however long it may be but this younger version of you who you want to connect to in this moment what would be your profound words of wisdom it could just be like a single sentence or whatever comes through for you god is love Mm -hmm. and you know i think the reason why i'm choosing that is because that speaks to like the youngest youngest part of me that was raised catholic that was so confused about this angry God or this God that punished you or judged you for mm. being a certain way. And and at the core for me, that's what's true. You know, the creator, divinity, the universe is just love. And that is that is a truth. That's a value in my life right now. Yeah, I love that that's the so message I'll, I'll send through the astral plane to the past. <laughs> So good. Amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Silvana. This conversation has been deep soul medicine for me. I'm feeling so inspired, activated. Your presence is absolutely magnetic and beautiful. And I'm just so grateful to have you on the podcast. So the final question here for you is where can the listeners further connect with you? Where can they find you, hang out with you on the internet? 
So um, my Instagram is silvana.isasa, that's I-S-A-Z as in Zebra A. And then uh, for more information about working with me or different resources I have on shadow work, silvanaisasa.com. Beautiful. And I believe we also have a free workbook that you have so kindly gifted our audience today, right? Yes, it's a shadow work workbook and it's about illuminating the hidden shadow. So to find out what, you know, kind of like peek through your blind spots and bring them to light to be able to sit with them. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you again, Silvana. Oh, this has been thank such you a so great much. Thank yes, you, thank, thank you, Ella. You. Thank you for your time and your reflections and also your wisdom, also feeling very nourished. <laughs> my love thank you so much for hitting play today coming on to hang out with me and tuning into this episode if you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoy this podcast be sure to subscribe and leave a review on itunes this helps more beautiful souls like you find this podcast and it would mean the absolute world to me if we are not yet connected over on instagram make sure to find me at PSMLA, and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. I love you.